What's going on, you happily hungover humanoids? Happy New Year, guys! Happy New Year! 2023, bringing it in with Total Pod Mode. That's what we like to see. My name is James, also known as Mr. Bames. I'm joined, as always, by the wondrous Will, also known as Hoodafunk. Happy New Year, everyone! Happy New Year to all. And Happy New Year to you, Will. Thank you very much, James. Happy New Year to you, too. You were kind of included in everyone, but... Uh, yeah, but, you know, I'm You here. get a personalised one as well. I'm staring at you, so... Yeah, you get, you get a special one. Happy New Year, yeah. James. Happy New Year, man. I imagine we're shaking hands across the ether. <laughs> across the ethernet waves, yeah. One day they'll invent that for Wi-Fi, but, you know, <laughs> for now... A smile and a nod will have to suffice. A smile and a nod will suffice. Just smile and wave, boys. (laughs) How was your Christmas, man? Yeah, man, it was really nice. It was really peaceful. Uh, Got all the goodies in. We talked a little bit about Christmas dinner on the last episode, and all of those boxes were ticked. Uh, Enjoyed opening the presents as well. Much like the episode, I enforced that we open the presents early. (laughs) Uh, and uh, yeah, I got some cool shit. I got some uh, cool Silent Hill memorabilia, which I'm really stoked nice, about. Nice, nice. And uh, yeah, no, overall, a really nice Christmas. How about yourself, man? Yeah, pretty much same as like ticked all the boxes with the dinner. Had a great time. Nice week away. It was good. Nice and relaxed. Now probably going to ruin that all in the year to come, but for now, <laughs> nice and chill. A peaceful Christmas. Well, you know, apart from the fact that you did shoot Santa in the last episode. I gotta say, yeah. I mean, timing was pretty immaculate. You did do it after the big day, so that's great. I suppose the fact that he did visit us the day after Christmas was slightly confusing, and therefore the fact that you did shoot him perhaps wasn't wholly unwarranted. But, you know, we gotta come up with something, man. This We're going down a path here that there's no coming back from. I think we need to, we need to fix this. We need... God forbid I say it. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think we need some help from Shaman, bro. Oh, yeah, it's funny you say that, actually. I have actually already put a call into him. Oh, you've been... See if there's anything he can do to sort us out, because I, I, you know, I was sceptical as to whether he even existed, man, and I just thought it was a, a run-of-the-mill burglar, and then lo and behold, right? But yeah, don't worry. I've got Shaman Bro on the case. I'm just waiting for him to get back to me. I've left him a message. He's got a funny answer phone message. You should check it out sometime. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, or one word. Or you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. And you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. Now, let's start off the new year with a new year catch-up. So, man, what have you been up to over the Christmas break? Well, uh, so over the Christmas break, I have managed to once again squeeze uh, quite a few more hours into Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Thought you might have done. Yeah, yeah. This time I'm kind of focusing most of my efforts going into the DMZ mode, which is the mode where you need to sort of go in, collect weapons and loot and things like that, and then extract safely to be able to continue them into your next run. Uh, I've been having some fun with that and exploring some of the contracts that are available to you. Some of them include killing high-value targets or blowing up some supplies. Some of them involve you needing to drill into a safe that has a load of different armor uh, and weapons that you can use in there. Uh, And you kind of need to defend that whilst being attacked by waves of enemies. 
And yeah, I've just been having a blast with that for the most part. Nice. And have you been playing that on your ones or was that with uh, the squad? As it that's were? with, yeah, that's with the COD squad, the boys. We've all been yeah. playing together. That's uh, myself, shout outs to Liam and Jem as well. Nice, the COD nice. squad, as we shout are known. Boys, shout out, boys. <laughs> shout News team, assemble! Each of these DMZ games are timed for about 20 minutes. At the end of that, there becomes a single extraction point and the gas cloud comes in very similar to the Battle Royale game mode. And that's where I think a lot of the quick and dirty plays happen, where people have got the most loot by sticking around and then someone will swoop in at the end, steal everything yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, make away with the it Devious all. route. Yeah, exactly. So we're kind of armoring up to make an attempt at that as well as also trying to take on a few more of the settlements which i finally figured out nice at the moment i'm building a large collection of keys that i'm not quite sure what they do they'll do something and when they do it you'll be ready yeah i think it's some sort of loot system or something like that but yeah no i I do i've got a nice little collection of keys that i'm taking back and uh yeah, having a blast. Nice. That's what we like to hear. Other than Modern Warfare 2, I've been putting uh, quite a lot of time into a game that I bought you over the Christmas period, James, which is Vampire Survivors. Yeah, don't That blame game you. has got me addicted, man. There has been more nights than I'm willing to admit where I've stayed up till about four to five o'clock in the morning playing that game. It's, it's... You're playing this on your phone? Yeah, on my phone. I don't even have oh, this dude. on the PC. I'm literally just sat there on my mobile playing. Dude, <laughs> it's so dude. addictive. Get it on the PC, man. It's. I was going to talk about this as part of my catch-up, but we may as well discuss this now, because I've played... I think I've only played one session in it, but that was a four-hour, five-hour session or something. Wow. Okay. Right. Okay, you so, get into the depths of them as well. I don't, I, addictive is the right word. Yeah, absolutely, it's, man. It's yeah. insane. Getting all of the power-ups now, do you have like a, a favourite power that you use? I, I don't think I've unlocked all of them yet, but my favourite one is garlic by some considerable distance at the moment. Yeah. Early on in the game and for the first few waves, it kills enemies the moment they go into the area of effect of the garlic. And I think it's bats that you're fighting to begin with. So it's a very, very good way to pick up points as you go. It's actually better in the second stage with the ghosts that look kind of like tree stumps. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. Like they, they are ridiculously weak to it and then the other wave of enemies that comes in there quite regularly is like the green uh, puff of air things and it just rinses through them so that second stage is where you you see the garlic like i'm going to grind in there a bit i think for some gold you mentioned you've got some other weapons that you wanted to unlock there a lot of the weapons in the game it seems that you need to achieve certain milestones by either getting to a certain level getting a character to a certain level of their skill or finding a certain item in the game or leveling up a weapon to a certain level it kind of seems like it's all tied to things like that yeah no it is i've looked at what i need to do and it's like get the magic wand to level seven that's right yeah then i get something else and like i've done it to a few of them because some of them are hella useful when in combination with each other so have you managed to uh evolve your weapons yet to the kind of one has evolved yeah right okay what did you? the holy cross evolved into the like this big old holy sword that just comes and clears things every so often okay the holy cross really good i don't think i've unlocked the holy cross yet how do you get that Oh, the holy cross is awesome man i'm not sure how you've unlocked that i'm just trying to think it's like a boomerang oh do you know what i do know the ones yes Sorry, yeah. it's, it looks, yes, it's like a four-sided, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a holy it's, cross, it's not, I think. It's not really shaped like a cross, though, is it? All the sides are I, I think it's the rosary, because you find right. the rosary item and then you get that. And then, and it's like, it becomes the blessed sword, so I figured it's holy, holy cross. Yeah, and that sword thing is amazing. It's kind of a very similar thing, except it just has a massive area of attack, because you're throwing yeah. giant swords out. 
And do you have a particular character that you like as well? Well, I've used Gennaro the most. Same, because he has because the extra he has projectile the extra at the beginning of the uh, round, right? Yeah, but now I've I've saved up 5,000 coins so I could buy that for everyone. Yeah, okay, so you're investing into the upgrades as well that you get. That's the first one I got, because I was like, okay, the second projectile thing is too useful. Yeah. Yeah. So I need that just permanently going forward on any character. And then when I stopped playing it, I was using the guy that starts with garlic, but he's only got 70 health I think it's called Poe or something like that. Something is something Poe. I can't remember what it is, though. But the one that I'm probably going to end up using the most of the ones I've unlocked so far is either the very, very first one. uh, I can't remember his name. Is it Antonio, maybe? Antonio is the first guy, yeah. Because he starts off with an armor power-up thing that's but right. just natively on him so you can get more and his base whip is really good as well if you use that for spacing on it yeah it's it's okay it's, it's not the best one but it's when okay. you get upgraded it's very very good for yeah, moving when up you get up, when you get upgraded, they start to stack it's crazy yeah i do like the throwing knife though that Gennaro has but the other reason is he's also got um his his uh base skill is that every five levels he gets five percent more attack up to a maximum of 30 percent or something like that so you end up doing more damage as time goes on the other one I could use is the one that does that, but for experience, because obviously the quicker you get experience gems and level up, the quicker you get more shit, so... Have you max leveled yet? Have you completed any of the levels in terms of getting to the full 30 minutes? Uh, not 30 minutes, no, but I've got to the level threshold needed to unlock the third stage. Right, okay, yeah. So I got to level 20 in stage 1 and level 40 in stage 2. Okay, okay, yeah, nice, nice. And I think I've got to get to level 60 in stage 3 to unlock the next one. Something right like. that's the different yeah the different challenges you need to meet to unlock the uh the later yeah. stages i'm at the same sort of level progress as you the the kind of the addictive side of it is is that and it's kind of almost roguelite-ish is that all the coins that you earn you can it's then not invest almost. it is, it's, it is yeah it is yeah. yeah uh all of the coins that you can earn that you kind of invest them into either more health more attack power as james mentioned earlier additional projectiles you can unlock things like skill re-rolls so that every time you level up, you can re-roll the power-ups that it provides you, because it typically provides you with free power-ups every time you level up, and you have to pick from them. Four if you're lucky. Yeah, if you have enough luck, you get a fourth slot to pick from. Sometimes, uh, not every time. Yeah, and then there's the re-rolling ability, and then there's also another choice where you can essentially trade that level-up upgrade for experience instead. So it's kind of like another kind of way of re-rolling and you just get another level. You get like a half level. Oh, that's good. I want that. I haven't seen that yet. If you don't want to spread out your projectiles too thinly and you just want to focus on upgrading early on, then it makes that sort of thing a possibility when you've essentially got what's the equivalent of four re-rolls for your level, uh, you know, for each time you get a level up that you don't like the look of. Because sometimes you don't get good ones. Yeah, there's certain ones. I mean, all of the powers, actually, to be honest with you, I've leveled all of them up to maximum now, every single one that's within my grasp. And they're all amazing if you use them right. They are all so powerful if you actually bother to level them up. The whip is very good, I agree. The garlic is very good, I agree. The axe I really like the crosses as well. The axes that you can chuck in the air are really powerful because they go up, they can go through enemies, and they fall down. The fireball that actually just shoots a random enemy, but it shoots out like four or five projectiles. And yeah, and it's never an enemy. It's never an enemy. It always, and it goes when you level up, it goes through them. So you take out loads, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you just become this kind of ball of death. I've actually gotten to the point several times now where I have just gotten right to the end. I've filled out the 30 minutes. I even found one bit at the end where basically essentially you die regardless at the end of that time is what I'll say to you. I yeah. won't say what happens just because... Uh, 
It's not really a game where spoilers really matter, but I want you to see it for the first time yourself when yeah. you do get there. But I did find a way to glitch that and make it not happen. <laughs> and I just kind of hid in a nook. Yeah, no, um, it's really cool. I've definitely gotten to the point now, though, where I'm looking to get more upgrades because all of the ones I have at the moment, I know what's combined with really well. And there are genuinely bits now where I'm just sat there and I don't even need to move. I just kind of just stand still and my attacks around me, I've got three or four sort of evolved weapons, uh, sorry, two or three evolved weapons during the uh, the run. And it's just ridiculous. You don't need to even control the character at that point. Just sit there and then occasionally nudge them to uh, suck up to the uh, upgrade yeah. points. Yeah. <laughs> all of this just works. So yeah, man, that's uh, that's about all I've really got on Vampire Survivors. It's an absolutely fun game. I can't stop playing it. Uh, any free moment I get, I'm usually playing that at this point. Wow. With that in COD. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be busy for years. One game I am kind of neglecting to mention, though, James, is uh, a game that you bought me as a Christmas present. It's not Mr. Furry. I'll, I'll go ahead uh. and say that. Although I did dabble with Mr. Furry, and let's just say I'm sure uh, you did. It was uh, it was just as horrifying as the uh, gameplay screenshots that I was looking at last week indicated. <laughs> but the other game, uh, of course, that you got me for Christmas was Elf Sex Farm. And I, was. I just had to try it, man. I just had to give it a go. And uh, actually, I played this game, I think I streamed a little bit to you as well, uh, doing a, uh, a screen share. And honestly, it was pretty good. It had quite yeah. a lot of different features to it. The farming and stuff like that seemed solid. I liked the crafting system. I liked the controls. It had a very, and forgive me for saying this, Nintendo, but it had a weirdly kind of Paper Mario style art style. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like a 3D setting, but with abs you know everything was like a 2D, very clearly a, a 2D object painted into the game. Yeah, it kind of yeah. worked though. It did. It, it worked really well, and yeah. uh, that aspect of things was was awesome, and I really enjoyed it. Things started to take a turn when you get to the the elf waifu, though, as we both discovered. There was a lot of systems, you know, i got to say, in all honesty, I probably played this game for maybe a total of about an hour and a half sort of thing. I was really finding my feet, establishing the farm. I had to walk into town and there were lots of scantily clad uh, people to speak to. <laughs> <laughs> um, interestingly, what I noticed, there's a massive fall off in like uh, uh, the quality of the art for the ladies compared to the men. Every uh, lady that you bump into is like, you know, they've clearly spent hours making sure that they've got just the right shape of titty or whatever. But like the dudes, it looks like it's done by like an aspiring 14 year old anime fan. And that's not to slay 14 year old aspiring anime artists. But uh, it, that's what it looks like. It looks a little bit sketch on the dude. Hey, this game knows its target market, man. It yeah, knows exactly. They, they didn't. They didn't spend time on the things they didn't need to. <laughs> You're probably the only person ever that's played that game that's talking about the dude that had that observation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what happens when you get someone that isn't really from this world playing a game. They end up making tend to make odd observations. <laughs> Obviously, this is a sex game. It's it's in the uh, it's in the title, Elf Sex Farm. When you do the deed. You impregnate her with some sort of well, I mean, you impregnate her, you impregnate her with we all know what, but then she gets a sort of an egg that it's called an unfertilized egg, isn't it? Which is interesting, seeing that it gets seems to get produced after you've had sex, uh, and then there's this there's weird birthing fetish shit going on, which I don't really need to get into, but essentially every time you have sex with her, she seems to shoot an egg out of her coochie and. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't haven't figured out what to do with those yet. I've just been sticking them in the uh, in the briefcase and uh, keeping them for now. But I'm sure I'll find a use for them. Uh, you can't cook them. I did discover that. That's nasty. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see as this develops. <laughs> Unlike Stardew Valley, you don't need to. <laughs> Unlike Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because this game has so many, so it's many. It's exactly the same, apart from Valley. a couple of things. Just a few things. Just yeah. a few things. But it's basically. Just quickly a before you move on from the waifu, can we talk about how you milk her? That's just well? what I was coming on to, actually. Yeah. yeah, is that you? Unlike Stardew Valley, you don't need to get a cow to get your milk. Yeah. Uh, you know, throughout the day. Every so often, maybe every 10 minutes or so, it comes up with an option. There's uh, like a milk jug that appears over your elf wife's head as she wanders <laughs> around the farm. And uh, yeah, you can just go up to her, click on a button, and uh, it makes a interesting noise. And yeah. <laughs> gives you a nice little milking animation. And uh, you get your milk that you can use in cooking and various other things. So and it's literally like a bottle of milk, like like exactly what you're thinking. It's a bottle of milk, like that. yeah, it's a bottle of nourishing milk. Yeah, you're you're actually one thing that I did think was quite cool about this game, and it's something that Stardew really needs. Actually, there's even some... <laughs> Stardew could really it's take a leaf out milk. of the book of Elf Sex Farm. I'll tell you what. Sorry, concerned Dave, <laughs> but. Uh... You need to add an elf waifu in your game that after you harvest your crops and they fall to the floor, she runs over and goes to pick them up and puts them in the case. That is actually yeah. really useful to have. And then the fact that she also just kind of like throughout the game every so often gives you food that gives you energy and health and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty sick. Nice feature. Yeah. She's a good helper. But before we sort of get too carried away and delve too deep into the... Uh, the features and mechanics of Elf Sex Farm. I think uh, it's time we moved on to your catch-up this week, James. What have you been up to? I know you've been <laughs> playing some of that Pokemon Violet over the Christmas period. Do tell. So yeah, man, we've already spoken a bit there about Vampire Survivors, which is the other game I was going to shout out. But as you've said there, the main thing I've been playing over Christmas has been Pokemon Violet. As expected, i got to say, we knew that this was your Christmas game. How did you get exactly. on with it, man? Did you... Uh, experienced many of the complaints that people had did you enjoy your time playing through what's going on so the first thing to say i'll say is i thought this game was excellent it was better than i i thought it was better than um shining pearl brilliant diamond just but i i enjoyed it more fair enough those titles weren't particularly well received were they though i don't think i don't know about the, the, the general consensus overall i don't believe they were as well received as sword and shield were mm, um, mm. i think most people thought the art style was a bit too garish and was overly chibi because it was trying to do it but in a modern way that didn't really work fair enough but okay. um but i didn't i just didn't enjoy the game as much either but yeah this was awesome I, I thought it was really good i i can see why people have said some of the things they've said but and i'm not just doing this to be that guy and i genuinely didn't see any of the glitches that anyone was talking about in terms of the body contortions or like majorly had issues with anything i you could clip through the floor a little bit if your pokemon battle was happening on a slight hill and you move the camera around mm -hmm. but it never like broke the game i could come straight back out it was just oh yeah that's there and occasionally i'd see shadows pop in which you know i didn't bother me but i i concede that's not really acceptable on a game of this standard with this much money behind it yeah but it happened so infrequently that i don't know why people made quite such a song and dance about it and i've got to say i and i did double check by looking at arceus sort of straight after as well just to make sure 
this game, in my opinion, looks better than Arceus comfortably. So I, I wow, disagree okay. with your statement still from the other podcast. I need to fish out those screenshots of the comparisons that I've seen because they're they're honestly just bits and pieces. In I mean, unless they've fixed it in the time, which I somewhat doubt. When you look at things like some of the mountain rock faces and stuff and compare the two, it's that's it's, exactly what I looked at because I remember yeah. you picking up on that. I went and looked at a big old mountain rock face in Violet went to the big old mountain rock faces in Arceus, and I think that the textures look better on Violet. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I need to um, I need to send you the specific screenshots that I was referencing just to see what your opinion is of those specific screenshots sort yeah. of thing, because, you know, it's very easy to sort of cherry-pick one shitty-looking mountain in one game and one good-looking mountain in another, but the difference was extremely distinguishable. It was, it was clearly sort of pointing towards Arceus as being the superior one, so... Yeah, I'll just have to have a dig through some screenshots and see what you think there. And I'm also just interested to see, you know, if that graphic comparison could well have been due to an LOD glitch or something like that, where essentially a mountain wasn't rendering fully because they weren't close enough to it. Who knows? Could be. But uh, yeah, no, fair play. It's a fair analysis. You've played the game. So uh, exactly, I'm yeah. glad that you had a good time with it. Yeah, it was brilliant, man. The way they updated the formula, I thought was really good. I actually enjoyed the story around it as well. I thought it was really cool. Um, yes, I agree. It was a shame that some of the customization options disappeared from your your character, your avatar, but they did it. I thought they did it quite tastefully, and like this, the four school uniforms you can pick from were all fun. So you know, it does lack customization, but it does work for the story. Like genuinely, mm. it really does. Mm. And yeah, I thought it was really well paced. Um, I never felt overly strong or overly weak at any point. If if I did sort of run into a wild Pokemon that was suddenly level fifty when I was still level twenty. I found it easy enough to run away with the polka doll items that you because you find items everywhere in this game. You, you're mm, never short on mm. items. Um, you can run away from them easily and then just run back to an area where it's safe. So I never had any issues with that. And yeah, it took me on a a, a ride. The story, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything just in case any listeners <laughs> still haven't played it yet. Cause it's still a relatively new game, but yeah, where it goes, I actually thought was kind of cool and. Very, very different from some of the other Pokemon games I've played, although similar themes. Yeah, really good time. I think I've put in... I did mean to check before the podcast, but I think it's somewhere between 60 and 80 hours. I don't know how many. (laughs) I think it's about 60. I completed everything, and I think I've just got post-game now. You know, yeah, it's good fun. I can see myself playing it for another 20-odd hours, honestly. Nice one. Yeah, no, it sounds like another uh, successful Pokemon title from your stance, which, uh, which is great. Yeah, and only one crash right at the very, very start because I, you know, sometimes when you menu too quick, you like press start and then go down an A like really yeah. quickly. It makes the game crash sometimes. So that <laughs> happened once at the very start. But other than that, no performance issues. No performance issues. Are you sure about that? You didn't even get like, well, I mean, you you, you mentioned some performance issues earlier there, sort of thing. Yeah, well, just, no, but I mean, yeah. like in terms of like crashes, no, I never slowed down or anything like that. Yeah. Occasionally, yeah. some animations way off in the distance would be a bit choppy, but nothing like my character never slowed down or there was never any lag or glitching or frame drops mm. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But maybe I just got lucky. Who knows? <laughs> Although I'll tell you one, one thing, one quick thing I will say on Pokemon, actually. The one thing that was actually I need to thank you for, you told me about a thing where if you face backwards, you can jump up pretty much any mountain. Oh, right. You got some That was really that, handy you? for getting yeah. some items and shit early doors. So thank you for that. That's, <laughs> that's true. That does work on some mountains. Nice, nice. Okay, yeah. It's a bit like the Skyrim horse as well, isn't it? You can kind of do the similar sort of no, thing. No, it's, it's nothing like that. But no? <laughs> there's very specific sort of shapes of slope you can do it on. It's really good. Okay, okay. But no, man, I think that's, uh, that about does the catch-up. 
Good, good Christmas gaming. That's what we like to hear. Did you play your Gex level, or was, or did that not get a look in this year? No, honestly, this year I was so busy with sort of doing other Christmas festivities that that was actually accounting for a lot of the reason why I actually spent so much time playing Vampire Survivors this Christmas. Is that Fair. it was a game that was quick and easy to pick up and put down on my mobile. So <laughs> yeah, <you> honestly, <laughs> I probably put in. You know, we were talking game times. I think I probably stuck in a good six or seven hours on Vampire Survivors over the uh, sort of Christmas Boxing Day sort of days. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's what we like to hear. So normally we'd move into the news now, but we don't We don't have any news. It's the new year. Things have really slowed down towards the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, can't think why. It's almost as if everybody's celebrating. So what we thought we'd do instead was a little bit of a year in review. Talk to me, man. Like, What were some of your favourites in 2022? Do you have any standout titles that you really enjoyed? So there was quite a few games that released this year, although i got to say, I didn't actually play all that many of them. There were some sort of, you know, quite a few notable titles releasing, uh, particularly on the PlayStation 5. We had Horizon Forbidden West. We had God of War Ragnarok. Uh, both of those titles are ones that I'm keen to play, uh, although it looks like I'll be waiting for a PC port for those. No intention of picking up a PlayStation 5 anytime soon, uh, given that... The current trend seems to be that the games are releasing on PC within a year or two of uh, of release. We can but hope. Yeah. <laughs> but the games that I did get stuck into this year, um, I won't linger on it very long at all because we've only just talked about it, uh, but Vampire Survivor uh, is a game that I've put some serious time into. And honestly, out of all the games this year, uh, you know, and the games that are going to be coming up that we're going to be talking about, this one is... Weirdly, the game that has given me the most joy. It costs like £4 on the Steam library, and, you know, it, honestly, it's given me more satisfaction and fun than some, you know, sort of 60, 70 quid AAA titles, you know? More than COD, though? Yeah, honestly, potentially more. I really, really enjoy that game. I have had an absolute blast levelling up my character and exploring the levels that you play through, and... Yeah, honestly, in terms of pure fun that I've been having on a solo game, then yeah, I, I, certainly more than the COD campaign, let's put it that way. <laughs> Moving on very quickly, uh, another title this year that I thought deserved a shout-out was Multiverses, uh, which is a game that won the Best Fighting Game Award, I believe, at the uh, Game Awards 2022. Uh, you know, uh, surprisingly, it beat out games uh, such as Sifu, I believe, and King of Fighters, which are some serious fighting games. So, uh, you know, something's to be said about that. Although it does perhaps slightly reinforce our sort of theories around it being more of a popularity contest. Than <laughs> <laughs> I've not played it, so I can't comment really on the play mechanics. Smash Brothers Lite is all I've heard. Yeah, I don't even know whether Lite is particularly warranted here. It's it's a Smash Bros. ripoff is more what I would call it, or like a Smash Bros. Uh, reskin or something. A lot of the kind of the powers in it are very similar. It has an extremely similar control scheme. Uh, the characters all have moves that you'll be quite familiar with, and you'll go, "Oh shit, that's just Link's move from Smash Bros." Or you know, and that'll <laughs> happen a lot. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of the characters to me seem quite well thought out. They all control very differently and they all have sort of very different movesets. So none of them feel too alike. I found some of my favorite characters on that. I really like Jake from Adventure Time. He has a badass skateboard move where you can kind of jump and then kind of kick flip your skateboard. And if it hits the enemy, they'll bounce into the ground and hit back up into the air again. And if you manage to stay on top of them, you can kind of like kickflip them into the ground three or four times, which always feels really badass. That does sound cool. Uh, I also really like Shaggy. He had some pretty cool power-ups as well. I like his system of sort of charging... The most powerful up. character in the game, right? Most powerful character in the Warner Bros. universe, I think that's kind yeah. of been established as. He actually has like a Super Saiyan mode. 
uh, where you right, literally so. charge up like a DBZ character, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and it seems to be getting pretty continuous support as well. I mean, Rick and Morty characters have since released. Uh, I heard word that Gandalf was going to make his way into the game, although I'm not sure whether that's happened yet. But for the brief time that I did play that game, I had an absolute blast playing it, and I played it both online and offline. I like the sort of, there's a bit more of an emphasis on team play and working together, using your powers in conjunction, and then even certain characters have powers where you can straight up just rescue someone from falling off the ledge. Yeah, it's got a lot going for it. I didn't manage to convince any of my friends to play it with me. <laughs> uh, but uh, I had a blast on it. So uh, shout-outs to Multiverses. You got any shout-outs yourself, James? Well, the the main game that I played this year, you know, I won't talk about Pokemon because I've you know I've just talked about that, but that got a lot of playtime at the end of the year. But the playtime at the start of the year was Elden Ring, really. You know, that's the, the main sort of 2022 game that I played and enjoyed. I'm approaching something like 500 hours on that game. I looked at the uh, the Steam menu there. Damn. That's crazy, man. Like, I think, I think my file was 97 hours and I've got like 100 and something in it. So some idle time and other characters or whatnot. To be fair, I think my actual character was roughly around... 150 odd hours or something like that yeah but no so th- like that was a great time i mean we've spoken about a lot of the bosses and things like that already on various podcasts so probably won't dwell on it too much but yeah i had a great time with that didn't play it straight away on release because i was finishing up the witcher 3 that's some real resolve you showed there man not immediately sticking on elden ring i was baffled i couldn't believe you uh you managed to hold out well it didn't take long to be fair i decided not to do the dlc i was going to do all of it the Witcher in one go, but I was like, no, nah, I'll just finish the main campaign, then I can get onto Elden Ring. Elden Ring scuppered those plans. Yeah. And got it done within two months of release, but I did take uh, three weeks off in the middle for a rage quit over <laughs> the Godskin Duo <laughs> that I've already spoken about. But yeah, that was, uh, you know, one game of the year, and rightly so, I think. Yeah, absolutely. A worthy winner. You know, so, and there's reasons for that. It was an excellent, excellent game. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and I know you did too, eventually finishing it, of course, as part of the challenge. Art style, music, graphics. I can't really talk about the storyline. Horsey. Horsey, you gotta love Torrent, yeah. man. Best boy Torrent. Other than Elden Ring, I'll give a brief shout out to Thymesia as well. I had a lot of fun with that. I still haven't finished it, but that was good fun while I was playing it. And the only other game I'd shout out this year would be Steel Rising, which I've spoken about on the pod as well. I had a real good time with that. DLC is now dropped, um, which I've got. Uh, I don't know if it's because I bought the Bastille edition, I think it was called. I don't know if it's because I've got that that I got the DLC or if they gave the DLC out for free to everyone that owns the game. Okay. I can't can't remember, but I've I've got a feeling they might have done. But don't quote me on that 100%. But like, I'm looking forward to playing that at some point again so that I can get into the DLC. But that was a great time too. Some good games come out this year, man. It's not not been a bad year for gaming at all, and by all accounts, Ragnarok's excellent. As you yeah, said, neither of us have played it. But looking forward to that. But yeah, that about does me for 2022, man. So before we move on to 2023, have you got any final shout-outs from 2022? Any games that you want to give some love? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I think something would seriously be remiss if I didn't give Scorn some flowers in this episode. Uh, this was a game that kind of came out of the blue for me a little bit, but I've got to say I've had an absolute blast playing. It is so disturbing and unnerving and ugly to look at. But also beautiful on so the So weirdly beautiful in a weird <laughs> way. Like, horrifically beautiful, I guess. It's kind of like in the same way that Bloodborne can be pretty, although it's a completely different art style and tone. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. Like, the way it's beautiful in terms of what the game's doing rather than necessarily beautiful physically. All of the environments in the game just feel so handcrafted. It feels like every inch of the game has been gone over with a fine-tooth comb. 
the environments look like industrial zones that you kind of recognize and you see like you're crawling through an air vent and there's pipes and tubes and stuff like that that all look like typical electrical wiring and stuff that you'd normally typically see but everything is actually sort of biological yeah bioorganic in nature and that's what makes it so disturbing everything just looks kind of like hunks of flesh and horrible malformed things and that initial dude that uh you know that you scoop out of the uh the giant oh, testicle boy. yeah the egg boy thing wow yeah he was really something else absolutely horrifying and it's been a long time since i played a game that made me feel that unsettled to the core of my stomach i gotta say uh, i had an absolute blast with that still yet to complete it still got plenty yeah. more to go but uh yeah no shout outs to scorn uh one of the best sort of puzzle horror games that's come out recently with a strong emphasis on puzzle i might add <laughs> you know if you if you're looking for a sort of a resident evil or a silent hill or a first person kind of uh smaller studio exploration game this is not it this is uh yeah it's it's a work of art and also a very difficult puzzle game with lots of dicks and buttholes apparently lots of dicks lots of buttholes lots of testicles what's not to love well i look forward to you finishing it man because i'm looking forward to hearing about how the final boss is the guy that you left trapped in a machine so <laughs> yeah it'll be coming for me egg boy with one arm Let's look forward to 2023. We've got a fair amount of good games that are coming out that have already been announced, some others that may still yet come out. Have you got any games that you're specifically looking forward to for 2023, man? Anything in the pipeline that's really tickled your fancy? Yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, first on my list is definitely going to be Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, that's a game that was Fair announced enough, earlier this so. year. <laughs> I know that the previous title wasn't really up your street in terms of uh, tastes, but I think that Tears of the Kingdom is definitely something to look forward to. Uh, I enjoyed all of the mechanics in Breath of the Wild, and I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of them return. I want to see a lot more sort of physics-based puzzles, more interesting shrines, more gadgets and methods of traversal, which it does look like they're providing. And some real sort of thought into the game in terms of open-mindedness as to how people are going to solve some of these puzzles. I'm, I'm just trying to think of some specific examples. Like, for instance, one of the uh, the beasts that you have to fight in the game is flying around in the sky. Someone did actually manage to engineer through various logs and balloons a way to fly up high enough in the sky to land on the bird. However, the bird doesn't have a hitbox. And when they tried to, they just fell straight through it. So I would like to see... A potential solution, if you were able to do it with enough skill, I'd like to see a potential solution to puzzles like that, where they actually allowed that sort of creativity. Whereas you can tell that given the fact that it didn't have a hitbox, they'd never imagine that someone would even manage to get up there. Sort of thing. So, well, do you truly believe in your heart of hearts they'll do that there? I think to a certain extent, yes, because I think that there is so much mechanics in this game that obviously came out and were heavily publicised around the time people being able to build flying objects, people being able to sort of catapult themselves safely across the map. I think that, yeah, absolutely, there'll be fools to not incorporate that somehow into the game, and I do think that'll play a part in certain puzzle designs as well. It kind of seems like it's almost like your community is essentially making content for you. It reminds me a little bit of, you know, in Street Fighter, the initial Street Fighter, they said that they didn't even really 
think about combos when you're fighting but the mechanics of the game just kind of enabled them and then people discovered them and combos were kind of devised by the players yeah because it was initially in the first one they just didn't have uh, they didn't slow it down enough or something so you could just constantly chain moves and that's how combos were invented right something like that yeah pretty much exactly yeah. that so yeah no i'm hoping that we get to see some uh some player-based inspiration there it looks like it's in the same engine it looks like a lot of the same objects and physics are going to be in the game I can't see why they wouldn't do it. We'll see, though. We'll see. <laughs> I agree. I reckon they'll keep it in. Whether they'll refine it or not, I don't know. They might just leave it in and say, yeah, that's just a fun way people can travel around, but it's not intended, so we're not going to work on it. Mm-hmm. You never know, though. You never know. It would be quite fun if they did like at least one Easter egg puzzle where you have to sling yourself across miles and there's no platforms in the middle. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Presumably, you'll have the same sort of powers. Yes, I'm, I'm interested to see what's, what new powers they'll actually give you as well. I'm hoping that... You know, if they don't even have that many new powers, hopefully they'll be able to expand the current ones that you do so you're able to do more stuff as well with those. I hope you don't lose any powers. It would kind of suck to not have a power that you had in Breath of the Wild, so we'll have to see about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just anticipating it being more of the same, to be honest. I'm not even sure they'll add new powers. They might and that's do. that's all I want. That's all I want. More of the same, please. I'd be happy with just the Breath of the Wild expansion. That was essentially just another map sort of thing. Well, if your prayers might be answered, man, it could well be that. We, <laughs> we don't like know. It. What about you, man? Do you have any games on your 2023 hit list? Yeah, I've got a, got a few, actually. The first one I'll talk about is one I've already pre-ordered. So that sort of sp- spills into why potentially I'm looking forward to it so much, which is Hogwarts Legacy. Nice. Which is due to come out yeah. in February, I think. So not that long to go now. Looks a good game. I was worried at first that it was going to be... It was looking very mobile gamey to me in the first sort of early stages. But right. the more it's progressed, it, it doesn't look like that at all. It looks very good. Seems like there's going to be quite a lot of things you can do, a lot of different paths you can go down in terms of morality, like, you know, whether you learn death spell or not. <laughs> do you think you're actually going to learn the uh, Avada Kedavra death spell in this uh, I game? think you is can, it, yeah. You can, yeah? Okay. I'm pretty sure I've read that you can. Yeah, killing like a whole is quest, allowed. There's <laughs> like a whole quest line around it or something. All right, okay, okay. It seems like it's actually going to be really cool, so that's what persuaded me to pre-order it. I think I get to play it three days early as a result of my pre-order, so <laughs> looking forward to that one quite a lot, actually. It should be good fun. I think I'm going to be Slytherin. <laughs> You're going to be the baddies. Well, not necessarily the baddies. Just like, They're you know, objectively the baddies, dude. They're There's not a good baddies, Slytherin but, out there. <laughs> I like the colour green. That's, you know. And snakes are cool. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. I don't think liking the colour green and liking snakes necessarily gets you into Slytherin, but it's a couple red flags right there that you're going into Slytherin, definitely. <laughs> The kid is weirdly obsessed with snakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I used to have a pet snake, and I'm pretty yeah, sure I could to it. So maybe have I have that. Is it parcel tongue? Parcel tongue, there you go. Yeah, probably not. Bruh. What I hope for this game more than anything in terms of combat or anything like that is literally just a very detailed, explorable Hogwarts. I want to be able to, you know, actually fully explore this building. I'm not talking about every room needs to be openable. I want to be able to feel like I'm kept really busy exploring Hogwarts and really feel like it's a big building inside. Well, I think that you're going to be happy then because from what I've seen, certainly the common rooms for each house and the grounds and things like that, they've all got custom interiors that are all very clearly different from one another, well thought out. It looks to me like you can walk around the halls of Hogwarts and you go into like the dining room and places like that. So I imagine there's going to be like 
key areas in massive air quotes that you can go into you can explore the forest i'm thinking that you can probably go into that town place that's not far you can you can go to hogsmeade as well yeah yeah Yeah. so i think that you're going to get all that man it sounds like it's relatively open world actually i've stayed away from a lot of it because i'm like genuinely excited for this so i don't want to know too much but from what I have seen, I think it's pretty much open. I mean, you can get a mount. Yeah, absolutely. You can fly. Uh, you can fly like a buckbeak. And riding around on like wolves and shit. Yeah. So you're going. There's going to be a lot of ground to cover. So I can't help but feel this is going to be f- almost fully open world. Maybe it is fully open world, right? I think it pretty much is. That was my understanding of the game. Yeah. Was that yeah, you're essentially able to explore almost the entirety of the island that Hogwarts is based yeah. on, which includes the surrounding grounds and Hogsmeade. So that makes me think they are going to have incredibly detailed Hogwarts interior then because if they're going to have people open worlding it you're going to be exploring every nook and cranny in that place they're going to want it to look good I mean Bully is a game that I think back to in terms of the dynamics of the people walking around and I'm not talking about like I necessarily need factions of people and stuff although the houses <laughs> would fit that quite yeah, well probably I'm just thinking it would be nice to see some uh, programming that's gone into as you walk around some fairly spontaneous things happen you know kids are actually doing stuff in the corridor spontaneously as opposed to like every time you walk down that corridor there's going to be someone doing something kooky like the same thing every time you know hey you never know i would like i've got i've got high high aspirations high like i wouldn't say high hopes but i've got high wants for this game (laughs) and who knows whether they'll deliver them all um and you know god i mean at this point anyway given the current state of a lot of release titles let's just hope it's playable let's hope it's not a buggy mess well they've already delayed it once so hopefully they've uh, worked on any issues there were yeah yeah well that remains to be seen but uh you know who knows this could be a title that you need to wait a few days to be able to play well don't say that because i'm gonna try and play it three days early mate so (laughs) You'll be getting that refund for that pre-order, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be all right. I've got faith in it. So yeah, that's about all I've got to say on that, man. Uh, any other games you're looking forward to in 2023? Yeah, so uh, another title that I'm looking forward to coming this year is the Dead Space remake, which is uh, obviously probably out of all these titles, the one that's arriving soonest, hopefully, on our shelves. Uh, it's coming, apparently, on the 27th of January, just under a month from now. It looks like they've taken all the right directions in this game. They've expanded the environments to account for the faster, more aggressive enemies. I'm looking forward to getting back into the suit. I'm looking forward to what they've done in terms of how the necromorphs function. I just, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they've done with all of this. Looking forward to seeing how that plasma pistol is. Oh, I can't wait to get myself a fully upgraded... What? Fully upgraded plasma pistol. And I... Upbladed's right too. It basically <laughs> becomes a blade, right, with those limbs. Absolutely. It's like a, just a, yeah, like a kind of a ranged chainsaw almost. It'd be great to see them do that with like new limb physics and stuff. Oof. Exactly. Look, and, look and just, yeah, updated in terms of the things like the ray tracing and yeah, soundscapes absolutely i mean they yeah. all did a great job in it before there's been a couple of things that uh i'm still a little bit skeptical around the microtransactions for this game i'm seeing a lot of like exclusive suit pre-order bonuses and things <laughs> and i think a lot of them are actually aesthetic only which is which is a relief to hear i've got to say yeah that said i'm pretty sure there were some dlc uh suits for the first game that gave you additional defense and things like that you unlock a a black and white suit in the first game after you've completed it under certain sorts of uh, requirements and uh, that gives you additional damage reduction and a bigger backpack space and things like that so fingers crossed they don't tie that behind a paywall 
essentially. Yeah, I'd like to think they wouldn't. Seeing what the uh, backlash for Callisto Protocol potentially doing that, I don't think that uh, that's something Dead Space will want to go near. With luck, because you never know. And I was a little bit, i got to say, uh, given what I've seen of Callisto Protocol, I was a little bit disappointed with how that panned out. Uh, you know, truth be told, I haven't played it yet. At this stage, I don't know whether I'm going to, honestly. I, I think that, uh, yeah, it, it fell short of a lot of my hopes. Uh, you know, maybe my expectations were unjustified, but I was really looking forward to playing that game, and now I've got a big question mark over whether I'll even pick it up. So, uh, yeah, Dead Space, you're my last hope in terms of sci-fi <laughs> horror for uh, the immediate future. So, man, what about you? Another game for 2023? Yeah, man, another game that I'm really strongly looking forward to in 2023 is Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Ah, this is another one that I saw some release trailers for for this, yeah, and this looks, looks really good, cool. It? Yeah, yeah man. it's like, um, it's another sort of Souls-like game made by the same company that made the Neo series. I think they're called Team Ninja. Yeah. And it just looks really fucking cool. It's basically just same sort of thing as neo but i think it's chinese instead of japanese aesthetic a bunch of mythical beasts big old demons some cool looking combinations that you can use with various weapon types it just looks like a real good time so very much looking forward to that the weapons that you get in it look really cool the graphics look absolutely gorgeous i'm really interested to see if this is going to be open worlds or if this is going to be kind of like a sprawling map or whether this is linear at this point it all seems a bit foggy you know i was gonna say i'm hoping that it's kind of like a more traditional souls game in terms of it being a big world that's interlinked but not necessarily open world it's relatively linear and where you have to go and to compare this to another FromSoft game this looks like it uh you know has a lot of similarities to Sekiro instead of the art style there's a lot of sort of fantasy mystical beasties and things like that I think that the main character he's probably designed off of I can't remember the name of him but he's the uh the monkey god usually wields a staff I think but yeah he certainly resembles that character and it seems like there may well be a yeah some ties to uh to that story yeah yeah it looks like some of the characters in there are kind of inspired or lifted from journey to the west as well so i think that people will see a lot of familiar characters in there at least or, or, or inspired from familiar characters any more from you man yeah so uh the final title that i'll talk about in this segment is uh diablo 4 i'm fairly optimistic about how it's going to pan out although you know i guess cautiously so in terms of how diablo immortals was received and their emphasis yeah. there on microtransactions and things like that I mean, compared to Diablo 3, I think we know what we can expect here, which is several DLCs with special characters locked behind each of the DLCs. Uh, this is going to kind of be one of those ones where I'll be loathe to buy it when it comes out. I probably will, just because I know quite a few people that are in planning on investing in that and uh, playing it. However, there is a part of me that just wants to wait a year or two until this thing comes out with the evil extra super spooky edition with all of yeah. the characters all the dlc and everything all combined problem is these are never on sale ever it's so rare you have to really yeah. keep your eye out for them they go on sale around christmas time and summertime like i do see diablo 3 on sale regularly i've just never managed to catch it uh when i've actually had some money in the account to actually yeah. spend out because 
even though they're discounted, they're discounted by like 20%, 25%. Yeah. They're really not heavily discounted either. Exactly. I think on Xbox I got the, um, is it the Reaper edition? I think That's it, the Reaper of Souls edition or the Reaper Something of like Evil. That. I yeah. think I got that for 20 quid and that was like the cheapest I've ever seen it. Yeah. I think I've got like the Ultimate right. Evil collection, which is feels like the same thing as the Reaper edition. I, Ultimate Evil collection sounds like it's got more in it. I know you would think that, right? But yeah. I don't feel like I did unless it's, it's probably completely minor stuff. I don't think you got any more special characters in my addition to the one that you got so uh but yeah no so that's just a game that i'm looking forward to in terms of playing with friends it's kind of i really hope that they actually have the uh, couch co-op still enabled in this it would be really disappointing if you can't sit with someone on the sofa play on a shared screen and uh, and crack through diablo 4 but who knows uh you know it, it seems like that's less and less of a priority these days yeah we can but hope man like because that was such a good feature of three I too will probably end up picking this up relatively early doors, but begrudgingly. Yeah. I, I don't like the fact that I'm probably going to spend 50, 60 pounds on this. A Diablo game to me feels like it should be 30, 40 quid at most. I don't know why. I know what you mean. I mean, well, God, the original Diablo games were probably that price point, yeah. <laughs> given like sort of inflation and things like that. But then also, I mean, Diablo 3... It doesn't, you know, it doesn't blow your socks off or anything, does it? It's it's actually, at this point, it feels very arcade It almost feels a little bit like Vampire Survivors <laughs> in the way that it's it's like a twin-stick shooter instead of a single-stick like Vampire Survivors. But, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of crowd control, running backwards, dumping your spells, keep on doing the same sort of thing. It's it's, it's arcade I would say. Yeah, but it's it's oh, that's how I like Diablo games because that's how I've played them, right? But I'm talking about just in terms of uh, defying the price point that you mentioned earlier. I agree with you. I like yeah. it, and that's the reason why I want to sit there and play. You know, I like playing those style of games with friends. It's just does it justify the seventy quid price tag that it's no, likely going to release? That's probably at? the point I'm making. Yeah, exactly. It's no, like, not at all. But as as you say, I'll probably still get it. So <laughs> still get it. No. We're just fueling the problem, James. <laughs> it's shit, but what can you do? I'll still get it. <laughs> Probably get it more so because you and others have got getting it rather than because I'd get it. But Right, yeah, a lot of these days you just got to buy the games that your mates are playing, right? <laughs> yeah, it'll be a good time, though. It'll be yeah. a good time. So, man, I'll pass it back to you. Is there one last game on your list? Kind of a two for one because I'm going to be very brief about both of these because uh, one of them we've spoken about on the show before, which is Lies of P. Okay, okay, yeah, that's another game uh, you can tick on my box of wishlisted games. Exactly, which, uh, you know, the very, very, very bare bones description would be is uh, Pinocchio Souls. Or Pinocchio Born, probably. Yeah, I think so. It looks like it has yeah. quite a bit more of on like gunfire countering and things like that. Yeah. Looks fantastic. Can't wait it to get my hands really on it. Looks really good. So that that's going to be a good one, I think. And then the other one, I just want to give a brief shout out to uh, because I'm looking forward to it more because of the publisher rather than the actual game itself. Um, is Starfield. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because it's a Bethesda RPG, and in my opinion, they're the best. So it should be a good time. What I have seen of it so far, and admittedly I haven't seen anything for about a year, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all, but I, I have high hopes for it because it's Bethesda, so looking forward to giving that a go. And to be fair, I mean, the footage that I saw of that, it has been delayed twice since yeah. the last footage I saw, so maybe there's a reason for those delays, and maybe they've had a chance to rectify some of the gripes we might have with that game. <laughs> I, I do hope so. I mean, I don't mind it releasing... I mean, I mean, it's not a good thing if it does, but if it releases with Bethesda bugs, you know, just funny shit that doesn't game break, that to me is not the end of the world. But 
it can't release how what I saw it looking like. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I was thinking, honestly. Like at the time that I saw that footage, I th- I'd convinced myself that it was coming out soon, and I was like, surely not. Surely they're not releasing. Well, I think this I think at the like time this. that we saw that footage, because I think we're talking about the same footage here. Yeah. Was, um, I think they were due to release it about a month yeah. after that, and right. that's why it's been delayed so long. Yeah. <laughs> nobody thought that looked good. I don't think. But no, I'm very curious to see what happens with it. I, I will pro- I will probably wait for some reviews before picking it up, but uh, I am looking forward to it purely because it's Bethesda. And on that potentially harrowing and foreboding note, we'll see. We'll see how they how they get on. Um, but that does it for the year in review. We've looked back, we've looked forward. Some some good games coming out. 2023 could be quite a good year, I think. Yep, 2022 was a solid year for games, and uh, I'm excited for what's to come in 2023. Yeah, you and me both, man. Once again, it's slightly different from normal, because obviously the game challenge finished with your boy as the new champion. Ah, yes. He's been gloating for weeks. I'm still working on your belt, man. I uh, just got to get a few things sorted here, and we should have this thing ready for you by next week. Uh, you know, just yeah. got a few finishing touches to make. Yeah, I mean, don't need to be doing it whilst we're podcasting there, man. I mean, you know, you've got like a whole forge running there. <laughs> maybe, maybe wait till after the show? Yeah, yeah, I suppose you're right. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to get this thing done, man. I, yeah. You know, honestly... It's been kind of uh, it's hard for me having to put so much effort into uh, an award that I didn't get myself, but uh, it's going to be worth it, man. I think you're going to be very happy with it when you get to see it. But yes, no, I have been gloating, and rightly so. I won the championship. I am the supreme leader, the world you champion, did. the TPM gamer champion of the world. <laughs> it's Whilst we're in this postseason of sorts, there will be no gaming challenge for a bit. We're putting it on pause, but we do have something new to introduce. So in its place, we're going to sort of do a sort of Tales from the Backlog section. Think of it, if you like, as a book club for games. Absolutely, James. And what this essentially means is that Will and I will pick a game. We will both play that game up to a predetermined certain point. You know, so if it's an RPG, it could be up to a certain chapter. If it's a first-person shooter type game, it could be get up to Mission X. That's right, and it will give us an opportunity to sort of do a bit more of a deep dive into each of these games. And, you know, it's likely that a lot of these games, they'll take a bit longer. We're no longer pressured into doing them within a week. Uh, So we might get a few two-parters. Hell, even a three-parter, James. Hopefully this section will allow us to talk about some longer games in a bit more detail. We'll be playing the same bits of each game as well, so we'll both have potentially different points on it. Yeah, different takes. Exactly, different strategies, maybe. Some of these games will also be games that neither of us have played before as well, potentially. So we can be looking into getting to some games with, uh, you know, long been on our hit list of things to play potentially a few co-ops in there too could have some fun with this yeah you can only dream man you can only dream we don't have one for this episode because it's the new year's special but starting in the new year we'll be starting this new section up and we look forward to entertaining you with our stories and goings on in these games and with that we come to the end of the podcast thank you for spending new year's day with us happy new year's everyone Yep, happy new year once again. Hopefully your hangover's a little bit less brutal now. Feel a little bit more relaxed. Get yourself a good fry up. Get yourself a greasy pizza. (laughs) Exactly. Go to your local calf, support local business. I've got a great local calf down the way from me that would uh, probably sort out any hangover. Fix you right up, buddy. 
But yes, once again, a happy new year. Thank you for joining us. If you've liked what you listen to, then you can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts from by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthrough stream highlights as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. And whilst you're there, you can find me at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. And you can find me at Hoodafunk, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. Hope your recovery goes well, everyone. We look forward to spending 2023 with you lovely people. See you next week, everyone. Happy New Year! Happy New Year!